A table of fable. From the constellations to the oceans, all the nations, all our notions, it makes a story, a million stories. Hello, girls and boys, and welcome to the very first episode of A Table of Fables. I'm James Funnyhat, and I am a fabulist. What a fabulist does is find and tell fables, which are short stories that contain a moral or a message. If it's a good fable, the message will be a wise message. If it's a really good fable, there will be many wise messages. If it's a really, really good fable, then you just want to hear the story again and you don't even think about messages and morals. The thing is, though, that I'm just the fabulist and I just tell the stories. I can't say what the moral is. You have to figure that out yourself. Some people think that kids don't understand the meaning behind stories. But I think that children are natural philosophers. A philosopher is someone who loves to be wise and who tries to understand himself or herself and the world. It's necessary to practice finding the meaning in stories because a thousand stories happen to you every day. If you don't catch the meanings in the stories that happen to you, the same bad story might happen to you over and over again and you won't even notice. So you need to be wise like a philosopher. And not just for you. You need to be wise for your family, for your neighborhood, your city, your country, for the whole world. The future is a story that's happening to you right now. We don't know what will happen next. What we do know is who will be in the future. And that is the kids of today. That means you. The future needs a kid just like you to be wise, brave, and kind to help hold the world together and maybe even make it better. Now, I have to warn you, this show is going to be way, way harder than watching a movie because there are only sounds and no pictures. So you have to make pictures yourself in your own mind. Not so long ago, People didn't have movies, TV shows, computers, cameras, Netflix, not even many books. 
back then, you had to make the pictures in your mind yourself when you heard a story. People were really good at imagining things, at filling their minds with images and finding words to go with the pictures they saw. You can be good at it too if you practice. Let's practice making pictures in our minds right now. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, and get ready. <sighs> Breathe all the way in and all the way out. Breathe all the way in and all the way out. Let's start. Imagine you are sitting in the park. Now imagine you're sitting on a mountain. Now imagine you're sitting on a beach. Now imagine you're sitting on a golden throne in a beautiful palace. Now imagine you're sitting in the forest. Now imagine you're sitting on a burning hot campfire. Okay, uh, don't try that one. Uh, not the campfire thing. That was hot. Yow. <laughs> okay, that reminds me actually that I have to read you the rules of listening to this show. Every good podcast needs rules to be safe. Actually, maybe it would be more fun if this was a dangerous podcast to listen to. Hmm. Now, your parents wouldn't like that. More importantly, we still need rules because otherwise, how will everyone know when they're breaking their rules if they don't know what the rules are? So here are the rules. Rule number one, you have to sit quietly on a seat or on the floor and not talk. Rule number two, you may not sit on the table. Rule number three, you may not sit in the trunk of the car when the car is moving. Rule number four, you may not sit on the roof of the car when it's raining or when it's not raining. Rule number five, no sitting on the wall. Rule number six, no sitting on the ceiling. Rule number seven, no sitting in the fridge. Rule number eight, no sitting on birthday cakes, especially when the candles are lit. Rule number nine, no sitting on the very tip of a baseball bat as it balances on top of a moving unicycle. Okay, those are enough rules for now, but I have a whole lot more and I'll tell you more next episode. I guess I should add a rule about sitting on campfires. Yow, that was hot. Okay, today's story is going to be about asking questions. It's about how everything good began with questions. It's about how questions make people more alive. Questions are the things that we do better than any other creature on earth. It may be the thing that makes us humans. Do you know who doesn't have many questions? Flies. They just have one. Where is the stinkiest, most rotting garbage or dog doo-doo? Those are fly questions. Do you know who has even fewer questions? Socks. They just cover your feet and don't ask anything. What about robots or computers? Nope. No questions, only answers. 
And if there are only answers, then nothing will change and the future won't happen. The more questions you have, the more you can see. For example, if you have a question about why some trees lose their leaves in winter, you'll start to notice all kinds of things about trees that you didn't notice before. A question is like a flashlight that lights up whatever you look at. So yes, it's a story about questions. The show today is sponsored by some very nice people. It is supported by Katerina and Marita in Toronto, Armand and Keon, who are also in Toronto, Daniil and Excel in Montreal, and Alexandra in Michigan. Thanks so much for supporting the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can find out how on my website, jamesfunnyhat.com. Soon, you'll hear a high-pitched ringing sound. That is the story bell. When you hear it, put your hands in the air until you can't hear the bell anymore. When the bell stops, the story will begin. When you hear the bell, put your hands up. And when you can't hear it anymore, put your hands down. So, are you sitting comfortably in a quiet place? Let's take one more deep breath. (gasps) Here comes the story bell. High on a mountaintop, there was a tribe of people who created a great, peaceful, and bountiful civilization. What made their civilization so extraordinary was probably this. Every person would always take time to look up in the sky and wonder why. They had endless questions about the sky and the world and what it was made of and what it was for and why they were there and on and on endlessly. When they asked a question, they sometimes got an answer, and sometimes got another question, and sometimes got an idea about how to make something, or how to improve something. They made grand and stately buildings, fertile gardens, wide avenues, beautiful music, art, and poetry, and gave names to all things they could see. When the sun went down, they peered at the night sky and gave names to the stars. They called themselves the Y-Sky people because they wanted to remember to always ask why things are the way they are. But as time went on, some forgot to ask why. Then more forgot to ask why until they became the Sky people. And then many stopped looking at the sky and only looked at each other to see who had the best things. At that point, they were called the people. And then some of them stopped looking at each other and only saw the things. And then more people only looked at their things. Then they weren't even called the people anymore. They just had no name. And then they stopped taking care of the buildings. And they started to crumble. The avenues became taken over with weeds. Over time, it got worse until their shining city on the mountain was reduced to rubble. They moved down from the mountain into the valley, and then down to the ravine, and then down to the gully, and then down to the pit, and then down in a ditch. 
and all that was left of their glorious past were bottle caps, old toothbrushes, old plastic bags, and a silo full of old biscuits, which was their only food. They lived down there for a thousand years, fighting over the biscuits, the bag, the brushes, and the bottle caps. It was a horrible sight to see, and the sound of their snarling and screeching was even worse. But what was the worst of all was what you couldn't see. You couldn't see a smile or hear a laugh, not even from the children. Inside this horrible, loud cacophony, there was a boy named Min. One day, someone came behind him, knocked him down, and grabbed his bottle cap. Min lay down on his back on the mud as the shoving, shrieks, and screams continued all around him. As he lay there, he noticed something above him that he had never seen before. The sky. His whole life, just like everyone down in the ditch, he hadn't actually looked up and had never seen the sky. He stood up and stared at it, saying, Wow! What's that blue thing? The others were all around him, jostling, grabbing, and grasping for bottle caps in the bags as he just stared and stared. He hardly noticed the others. He couldn't look down until he figured out what that big blue thing was. No matter what was going on, he couldn't stop. He couldn't believe how blue it was, how far it was away. After a while, a girl noticed. Her name was Nira. She wondered what he was looking at and stood beside him. Wow, she said. That's so blue. What is it? I don't know, said Min, but it's so blue. Do you think it's the sky? asked Nira. I don't know. I've heard of the sky from days long ago, but I've never seen it. As they looked, a few other people noticed that Min and Nira were looking at something and they stopped there grabbing and grasping and stood beside them. What are you looking at? What is that? Min and Nira stood and stared. We don't know what it is, but it's so blue. Yeah, it's so blue. More people gathered around. What are they looking at? Wow, it's so blue. Soon, almost everyone in the tribe stopped, stood, and stared upwards. The dust started to settle down. People were reaching up and jumping up, trying to touch it. Wow, that thing is so big. It's so blue. How far away is it? Nira said to Min, We should get closer. Come on, everyone. Let's go and see if we can touch it, said Min. Yeah, let's go, said everyone all at once with this great excitement. Let's go touch the blue thing. Behind Nira and Min, they climbed out of the ditch out of the gully, they climbed out of the ravine, they made their way out of the valley and up the mountain. There wasn't any dust anymore, and they breathed in deeply. There were flowers and grasses all around. They could see clearly far away to the other mountain. Look at how far you can see. It's beautiful. This whole crew of dusty people made their way up the mountain, following Min and Nira higher and higher. As they got higher, they came to a stream. When they lived down in the ditch, it was so muddy and dusty that they had never actually seen water before either. What's this wet stuff? 
They splashed and jumped up and down in the water. And as they smiled, one of them laughed. What's that weird sound you're making? I don't know. Try it. More of them made the sound of laughter as they splashed in the water. The dust started to wash off them, and they looked at each other in amazement. You look so clean. You look so beautiful. What is this stuff? And as the water went over them, it washed all the dust off. They carried up the mountain after Min and Nira, skipping, hopping, and dancing, and laughing. Meanwhile, down in the valley, and the pit, and the gully, and the ditch, some of the others were still there, pushing, scratching, and grabbing. So many had climbed up the mountain, trying to touch the blue thing, there were fewer people grasping for bottle caps and the old plastic bags. The ones who remained got more and more. They sat upon their piles and glared at each other. We're rich. <laughs> the leader of the tribe was called Squint. He was in charge, and he told the others how much the bags, brushes, and bottle caps were worth, and decided who got a biscuit. He had a gnarly voice and a gnarly face. He looked up the mountain and said out loud, I didn't say they could go up there. He marched out of the ditch, the gully, the ravine, the valley, and all the way to the mountaintop, leaving a trail of dust, not noticing the air or the flowers or the water. When he got there, everyone was standing there in a circle, looking up. He stomped right in the middle of their circle and demanded, Stop! What are you looking at? We don't know. We don't know what it is, but look, it's so blue. Look! Squint, who was the oldest of all and knew a thing or two, said, The blue thing? Where? He looked up and calmly answered their question. That? It's just the sky. It's not important, and it's not good for anything. You can't even grab it. You'll never even touch it. Now get back down and eat some biscuits. As Squint stormed back down the hill, the tribe looked at each other and then up again. Some of them said, Oh, it's just the sky? And we can't even grab it? I'm heading down. What a waste of time. Oh, why did we bother coming up here? Yeah, we can't even grab it. They made their way down the hill. But Nira said, I don't mind if I can't grab it. It's awesome and amazing, and I'm staying here. And Min said, I feel better than I've ever felt, and you all look better than you've ever looked. I'm staying too. Although many of the tribe went down, a good number of them stayed up on the mountain. They looked up and tried to live in a new way, which was actually the old way, to be near what was far and touch what they couldn't grasp. They were the hope of the wise sky people, and they left the others to their old biscuits way down below. Good. You listen to the whole story from bell to bell. I hope you have lots of questions, but if you don't, here are some for you.
Question 1. Where were you the year before you were born? Here's another one. Why do you have eyebrows? Here's another one. What is the universe inside of? Here's another one. Is it more important to ask a question or to answer a question? I hope you enjoyed the story. If you did, there's lots more. So make sure that you follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks once again to Katerina, Marita, Armand and Keon in Toronto, Daniela and Excel in Montreal, and Alexandra in Michigan. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please send me a message by email if you have any questions, or if you'd like to say hello to james at jamesfunnyhat.com. So thanks for listening, boys and girls, moms and dads. We'll see you next time. I'm James Funnyhat. Hat.